0: I can ask is that he's nice to people he's he's smart to himself he takes care of himself he takes care of his family he takes care of his friends um, and that he's happy and I think that's our end goal for everybody right is, is obviously to be happy but money doesn't have anything to do with that and really uh, you need to have these struggling times you need to have failure
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Rising Father Podcast. I'm Chris Rodak. I'm really pleased to have Mark D'Ambrosio with me today. He was on Season 7 of Alone. He's got an awesome survival company. He's got a wine business. He's just a great model of a husband, father, and a guy who's just living a life that a lot of us would just love to be living. Welcome, Mark.
0: Thanks for having me, man.
1: You bet. So I'm looking through your content. We did some research, me and my wife, this weekend. We started watching that's season seven of Alone, and we I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this season. I remember some of the highlights. I remembered you, and I remember thinking as I watched the beginning, like, holy shit, he's got a lot of fish already. <laughs> Just <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, this guy is gonna is going to nail it. So I want to get into that, and like, you, you talked a lot. I resonated with you because how much you were talking about missing your son. And every time I watch that show, I'm always like, man, I think I could do it but I don't know if I would just miss my kids so much that it would just like tear me up on the inside. Like I'm, I guess we could, might as well just start there cause I brought it up. So like you yeah. talked about it on well, the season. So what was that like?
0: The thing is like, I you know everybody's got this idea that they're gonna go out there and they're gonna do this show. And some people go out there for the money and other people go out there for the experience to go out there and truly live off the land see how long you can do it. And when it comes to the people that go out there and do it for the experience, it's going to be hard. That's not the problem. Like, you know, that the physical, th- I mean, it, it is part of the problem, but like physically it's extremely demanding. You're going to be sleep deprived. You're not going to be sleeping like you would at home. You don't have the amenities you have at home, but like, and then the relationships that every human needs, what like talking to someone, feeling loved, communicating, sharing special moments, you're never going to have any of those. You have a camera and the thing is like, when you go out there for just the experience, you start to realize like, I'm out here for an experience and I'm also missing an experience. Right. And so if you have little ones or you have family members, you start to realize that this is a pretty selfish move in a sense, Mm. it can feel like that. Now at the, on the other side of it, it is, Hey. I'm doing this to teach my son how to do something hard, not quit, right? Um, I just, you know, there's plenty of ways to do that, but you start realizing that everything that you want, you already have. Mm. And when you realize that you have everything you already want, and you're out there and you've lived this life of living off the land, you're doing great, you're like, okay what's kind of the point of this now is it just for money um and when you've been away for from your kids or your wife or family members that mean the most to you when you've been away from them for that long you start to realize hey man i would i'd pay a hefty amount of money just to be able to go and see them tomorrow give them a hug talk to them tell them about this experience so it really becomes less about the uh i mean it becomes your journey in life but it doesn't you know, staying out there. Unless you were doing it for the money. If you're doing it for the money, then you're going to want to stay out there. Right?
1: But. Yeah. Is there any part of it where, you know, you're doing it for, not for the money? I mean, I mean, kind of for the money. You want to do it for the money so you can improve your family's life. So it has to do yeah. also has to do with your wife and your kids. And that kind of propels you. So it's not like a... Not much of a selfish endeavor, but you're also doing it like you're suffering and you're willing to leave your family for that long so that you could improve your life. Is that justified?
0: Yeah, hundred um, percent. You, you know, I think everybody goes out there, they want to do it for the experience, but then, you know, you're thinking of how can we use this money to make our lives better? How can we use this mm-hmm. money to spend more time with one another? Right. The problem is for some people like myself, I my own my businesses already. So like I get to set my schedule and it didn't matter if I had $7 billion or if I had $7 in my bank account, I'm always going to work the same amount doing what I, cause I will do what I love. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I don't work a ridiculous amount as it is, but I do love to work. And I love, it's also, you know, showing my son how to work, um, showing him that it's okay to work, but also. Work in a job that you love, that you, can go, that you can make your own schedule, that you can take off whenever you want, um, whether you work every other week or maybe you work only when you're not spending time with your kids. But you set that time aside and you make sure that you're there for every important thing you need to be there for. So when you're, when you're out there and you already have that set up, um, money comes and goes and it comes and goes so fast, like, you know, a million dollars, you tax it, we're looking at like 600 to $650,000, something like that. Um, and $650,000 is a lot in a lot of places. You come to Washington, Mm -hmm. that's not even a house. Mm -hmm. Like, so, you know, that money would be gone. You put it towards the house, but it's not even the entire house. So it's like, you know, if you're already at that point, um, financially, or is it, Like, here's another thing, I guess, the way that I look at, look at things like, if I'm going to go out there and and I was doing it for the money, it was that big of a deal. In a sense, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. In a sense, it's kind of a lazy, it's kind of a lazy approach to life. To expect that I'm going to go out there, do this show and, well, first off, I would never do this show and put my body through something that's going to harm me long term there's no amount of money that I can pay to be able to be like, Hey, um, Hey, I won $650,000 or a million dollars, but I've, you know, can't climb mountains anymore Mm -hmm. because my heart's all jacked up or, um, whatever long where I lost my toes, Callie, for example, Mm -hmm. if she lost her toes, that's not worth $650,000 or a million dollars. Right. Mm -hmm. I keep saying the tax amount, because I think it's important that you're not, you know, you got to give the government all their money, but, uh, you know, it gets down to the point where it's not worth it. So what is worth it is going out there, living your experience, seeing how you do. And at the end of the day, if you are healthy and you can keep going and you are happy, mm-hmm. then hell yeah, stay out there. And I didn't know how long it was going to last when I did a loan. I didn't know if I was going to be out there for five days, 15 days, 25 days, 35 days. And when I, ended, when I decided to tap, I also didn't know that I was sick. Yeah, I just thought I was extremely, extremely tired. And I thought I was being a little bitch, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I was like, "Huh, oh, I just need more blueberries in my diet or something.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I just knew that I was more tired then than I'd ever been in my entire life. But I didn't know that it, my heart was in heart failure, right? Um, so, I think, you know, yeah... It, the money you do want to improve your family's life. Absolutely. And anytime you bring in uh, income and that fast, it is improving your life, but it's also setting you up. I think in a, in a way it could be the negative side. I've never really thought of it like this, but setting you up for a lazy mindset of not having to push Mm -hmm. in a way like that is pushing yourself in a short amount of time. But, um, my wine business, for example, I got out of the Marine Corps in 2017 and I started my survival sustainment business. And that was easy because for the past ten years I've been teaching survival shooting. I was a special operator I was conducting special operations for the Marine Recon and Marine Scout Snipers. So I transitioned to that real easily. But for the next five years, I was like, ah, oh, you know, I just don't feel like I'm fulfilling what I need to do. That included a loan. I did it alone in 2019 and I got out in 2017. So I just didn't feel like I was living up to my potential. I knew that I could do more. And um, I also knew that this lifestyle I had of running my own business, it was not conducive to a lifestyle for Max. I was always traveling. And, you know, luckily Max was extremely young back then, but as Max started to be able to talk and walk and do all these other things, I started realizing, uh, I need to have a job where, I can be here in Washington all the time. If his mom's ever like, "Hey, can you watch him?" I don't ever want to say no to that. Yeah. So started the business getting out of Marine Corps, doing something that I already knew how to do, which was you know, teach people. I didn't feel like I was living up to my potential because I always want to be pushing myself. I always want to be growing. I have that mindset that like I can do anything, and I have the mindset that I love to work. There's just something mm-hmm. in my blood and in my brain where I love starting at the bottom and building myself up. I don't know why. Um, mm-hmm. it's just much more enjoyable than thinking that I can make it directly to the top, uh, easily, even if I did make it at to the top and something easily, it's just not as enjoyable. So I started this wine business and that has been a struggle, but it has been the best struggle from a, from a work standpoint because I'm learning, I'm growing, mm-hmm. it's hard. It, it's something that, you know, so many people told me like, you don't know jack shit about the wine world. I'm like, you can learn, right? Yeah, um, good. I like wine. Yeah, right, I can learn. Uh, I know about adventures, that's why I started. So, you know, with alone and doing it, um, one of the benefits of like, go, cause you know, going on alone and doing that, it was an experience that you'll never get. Like it is mm-hmm. very, very few people will ever get that kind of experience. You can go out there, push your body, have a backup plan. So you don't die so that somebody's checking up on you. Right. Cause everybody can go out there and push their bodies like they do on a loan and you just might legitimately die. So to have that kind of safety net there um, is very, very rare. And, you know, to go out there, even just for 44 days for me, that was amazing and it was great. And I was having fun. And even if I wasn't having fun, like day 35, day 34, I started not having fun. When it started getting hard to breathe and um, you know, I, was, I had diarrhea twice a day, and in a situation like that, you're usually going to the bathroom every three to five days, you'll go to the bathroom. Wow. I was going to the bathroom twice a day, um, but I had all the food I could eat and I still wasn't having fun. And it wasn't that I was like sitting there missing, um, my family in, in a crazy, crazy way because you do miss your family, but it was because my body was literally being stripped of everything that it has. And you get to the point where you push yourself and you push yourself and you push yourself and you realize what you're doing is not benefiting you in any way, shape or form. You're going down this rabbit hole of decline. Mm-hmm. And some people uh, let's say in relationships, they'll do that. Well, they'll stick in a relationship and they're declining, 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 thinking that it's going to get better. And the reality is if you don't stop what you're doing and change something, you might die, right? Or their relationship might die. So you've got to change something drastically. Um, and so for being out there on a loan, I was like, well, I know what I'm doing is not working. And I didn't look at it as a failure that I didn't make it to a hundred days. I looked at it as, well, this sucks. I am quitting this. Um, uh, but I know that I can't go on. You know, I know that I cannot take my body and keep going through this. Um, because whatever I'm doing in my diet or whatever I'm doing out here, it's just not working. I've and the only reason why I knew that is because I had been a recon marine. I have I had done ridiculously physically hard things in my life that I was able to look back on and go, why is this harder than all of that stuff? And I had way less food and I had way less sleep. And it was a different scenario, right? The military mm-hmm. is not the same as alone in any way, shape or form. And you know it doesn't prepare you for alone, if I'm being honest. Um, if you're mentally strong or you're mentally tough, you're mentally strong or you're mentally tough. But like a part of being mentally strong is also like knowing your body. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know that's what was happening. I just knew that I was tired and I couldn't keep going. So I decided to tap. And, you know, when I got to, or when I got back, I mean, there's a long rigmarole of hospitals and finding information out within just a few days on how close I was to dying. But it wasn't until I got back to Oregon where they were like, I tried to go in the hospital and leave and they're like, negative I was actually in there for three days admitted and there was, and I was like hey can I just go home and like come back in every day and they're like no or like you were literally days away from dying your heart was in the condition of an 87 year old man who had a massive heart attack and we we didn't want to tell you all this just to scare you but like maybe you need to hear this and it was after that conversation with the doctor that I was like okay dang okay yeah I did I did push myself to absolute um to the max. Maybe I pushed it a little bit too far, but at the end of the day, I don't have any long-term effects. Um, the trichinosis, yes, it did get in my heart, and it did inflame the inside and the outside of my heart, and it my troponin levels were through the roof, but I never had an actual heart attack. Mm-hmm. So, it, And it wouldn't have been an actual, it would just have been complete heart failure. So my heart was going through heart failure, and if I would have stayed out there one to two more days longer for pride, for being tough, then Max wouldn't have a dad to show him how to even change a tire, you know? So it's like, and that's nothing tough, right? Um, so, yeah, you know, alone was an amazing experience that showed me way more than what a million dollars would show. Um, it showed me the importance of just being there for the future of my child. Um, Going out there and doing it was an awesome experience. You're don't get, you're not get you not going to get famous off going and doing alone. loan. And the people that go and do a loan don't really give a shit about being famous. They're all these kind of loners to start with. Most of them don't have social media. And if they do now, it's because, hey, they can make money yeah. off of, you know, going and using the time they, they spent on a loan and now instructing with that knowledge or teaching people. But they're not going out there, you know, trying to become some tv personality and anytime we run into somebody that they're like we're like oh my gosh you know can i take a picture with you or i'm like it's oh, so weird to me it's and i'm like yeah as long as i can take a picture with you because you know <laughs> we're the same we're the same thing yep. um but yeah man alone awesome experience that taught me way more than what a million dollars would teach me and i am very grateful that in a, in a sense, I'm very grateful that everything happened the way it did. I wouldn't change it. If I can go back and like not eat the fish um, that gave me trichinosis, yeah, was oh, it put, a fish? Cook it all the way. Yeah, I was, you know, it was all I was really eating. That and, and rabbit and the fish is the only thing that actually eats other, eats meat. I don't know where don't my know wife got this, eating.
1: but she I was telling her about this podcast with you, and she goes, "Oh yeah, he, you know, he had to quit from trichinosis." <laughs> And she was like, "Oh, he actually yeah. got it from something before the show." She like she was researching you. I said, like, "Oh, really?" I, so I, I was like, "I'll ask him about that tomorrow." So it was yeah. from a fish at the beginning of the show.
0: Yeah, and it was uh, so it was it was day ten um, that I ended up getting trichinosis, or that I had it. I knew that I had it on day ten. Um, that's when all the signs and the symptoms started happening. But I also mm-hmm. know that I was starting to eat fish on day five at a rapid rate. And, uh, I was cooking at medium rare. So, and it's a very, very rare thing to get it from, but like it's possible. And do, do I eat salmon and, and not, you know, th- these lake trout are like salmon, right? Mm. But do I eat salmon the same way now? Absolutely. Uh, it's very, very rare to get it. From fish, so. such. Mm. So
1: one thing you said that was super, I'm um, important was like the the ex- now you know that the money isn't worth everything to you so in how that valuable that realization is so i would imagine that you have a certain sense of peace about you where other people don't because there's a lot of people who their entire life is driven by an income level or a result that they have to get like if i get this amount of money this year i will be happy and until they get that they're not happy and then when they get that they need more but through like punishing and suffering and being away from your family like, now you have this huge realization of, man, I the money isn't the thing I want. Like, what I want, I already have. And to know that at your age right now, me, to me, would be like, man, you've got decades of just, like, peace in your head.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, it, 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 it is. You know, I definitely have... I don't know if I've always, I think I've always had that mindset. Um, I'm not saying it's necessarily the best thing to have that mindset because, you know, some people that, the people that are out there pushing for more money and more money and more money quickly realize when they start making it that it'll never be enough. And it's not necessarily, they're seeing money as a level to measure success. And so that's why, like for me, I like measuring success based off of starting at the bottom and growing. Mm. Um, and, and when I started like my business, International amount Survival, I made $18,000 the first year. And then the second year, I made $24,000. Mm. This is 2017, 2018. The next year, I made uh, $36,000. Mm. Three years in the business, working full-time, this is all I'll make. It. And many people look at that like, oh, man, I, I, you know, in two thousand. Seventeen when I got out, I got offered a job making a hundred thousand dollars a year in North Carolina. Wasn't a very expensive to live there. Um, that's a great lifestyle. There's nothing wrong with that. But I was building every year. Yep. And so every year I was becoming more successful and more successful, and that was really exciting. And I wasn't making jack shit for money. The mm-hmm. fourth year it went up to sixty five thousand dollars, and by the fifth year it was two hundred and twenty thousand dollars. And so, by the fifth year, I, uh, you know, exceeded almost twice of what I would be making starting off. But every year it would only be a hundred thousand dollars. And when I got to that point, I did something, and, and in most people's eyes, it was kind of stupid. I stopped doing that business at that level because what did that cost me? Yes, $220,000, but it cost me my time with my son. Mm -hmm. I spent 190 days away from my house that I live in currently, where I was working. And I love what I do. I'm teaching people how to shoot, I'm teaching wealthy clients how to shoot, how to, you know, hanging out with them, having fun with them, survival, uh, going and teaching Hawaii how to, uh, their marijuana eradication teams, how to repel. I mean, I was doing some fun stuff. And I was getting paid for it. But at the end of the day, it wasn't worth it. So I went all the way back down to the bottom, took all the money that I had made and invested it back into my wine brand or into a wine brand um, to try and start a company up that. Yes, it was still changing people's lives with the adventure that's rolled into it, but it is allowing me to be home with my son, Max. Um, And it's a business that I didn't know anything about. It's a world that I didn't know anything about. And when I sit there and I tell people, hey, you can go out there and start any business you want, as long as you're not trying to be a rocket scientist unless you have the ability to do that or a doctor, probably gonna need to go to school for those two. But if you're if you wanna go out there and start any business and you put your time and your heart into it with a bunch of hard work, you'll make it succeed as long as you stick with it. And, you know, you're gonna hit bumps along the way. It's just a matter of not quitting as you do that. But if that business is killing you, or if that business is, th- this is what you said, you know, the reason why I'm on this podcast is one of the things that you said on social media, I'm going to butcher it, but something along the lines of like, what did you say? You said something like
1: 20 years, from you got to
0: start thinking about how, how your kids are going to view you in 20 years from now. Right. what did you say? Do you remember?
1: Yeah. I, um, I said, what are your kids going to say to their kids about you 20 years from now? Are they going to describe you as energetic and present or cold and frustrated?
0: Yeah. And, you know, as I started thinking about that, that, that was, it resonated perfectly with me because you have to think about every single move that you're making and the time that you're spending with your children. Yeah, And if you're truly doing it for your kids, then you got to be present Yeah, and even though I was, I was working and I was doing something that I love. Um, I just felt like I could have been here more. And the crazy thing is, uh, I'm a dad that, um, call me a single dad, if you want, you know, that's not, not the way I look at it. But I mean, I am like my son's mother and I are not together. I get my kid every other weekend. Um, and that was kind of, in a sense, by choice, but Oregon, Washington, and California have this rule where it's like zero to three, they're gonna go with one parent, essentially. Hmm. Just for consistency while they're really young. And since when Max was born, we separated almost immediately. I got to see him every other weekend. And that was like the hardest thing ever thrown at me. I'm like, what? But I had to accept that. Now, when he became three years old, my option was what? I can take this to court, fight this, make the relationship with his mom not as good as it is right now, or I can take this time that, you know, I am not spending with my son and I can work my butt off and I can, uh, when I, when she wants to, you know, let me see my son more then I can, as he gets older, naturally, the mom's going to want, you know, more time to herself to work on her own business for all sorts of things. And that is exactly what's happening, but it's a slow process. So instead of me going and taking uh, my situation to the courts, I've never been like that. I have a great relationship with his mom and I get every other weekend and I'm like, Oh, so with that being said, I wasn't even, I didn't even technically have time that I was missing. wasn't missing time when I was going out there working. Right. Mm. But I, what I wasn't is I wasn't available. I wasn't able to sit there and tell his mom I'm here. I'm here this entire week. I'm here this entire week. Um, and as Max gets older, I need to be there for her, even though she's not asking for it right now. I need to set my life up to be able to be there for her because that is being there for him. And, you know, and so that's the way I started looking at it. And I was like, all right. Um, and she had actually made the comment to me. She's like, "You're always gone." And this, he was like, uh, "This was after alone. He, he was like just under three years old." She's like, yeah, you're always gone for work. Why does it even matter? And I was like, well, I make my own schedule. I could be here more. And so that's not the way she looked at it. So I decided to take it upon myself and I was like, okay, well, I'll start this business where I am here more. Um, And I changed my business structure for my sustainment business, my, my survival shooting sustainment business to only do four courses a year. So I cut that down to four courses a year Um, And that's a very specific program for individuals that truly want to change physically, mentally, and spiritually in the mountains. And then I started the wine business and it was a pay cut like no other. And currently, like, I don't know if, if you guys don't know the fastest way to become a millionaire is to start (laughs) off as a billionaire and then start a wine company. So, but, uh, you know, people a lot of people will say you don't make money in the wine world and honestly it's like it's that drive of someone telling me hey you're not going to be successful in the wine world it's a very hard market to be able to sit there and go that's not the way i work like you tell me i can't do something i'm going to find a way just to prove you wrong Mm. and um so that's kind of where uh I had a passion for what I was doing. I knew that I wanted to change people's lives, get more people into the survival world, more people into the outdoors. So this entire wine brand, I didn't just start a wine company because I thought it would be financially successful. I started a wine brand because it's what I was passionate about. And so wine meant to be consumed outdoors. That's our tagline. And when you scan the QR code on the back of the bottle of wine, it takes you to a list of adventures that are pre-planned out there for you. That's awesome.
1: What's the wine called?
0: uh, the woodsman selection. Okay. So even the bottles themselves, they can be used. Um, the premium bottles, for example, like one of them has a ferro rod on it with jute wrapped around the top and you can light a fire with that bottle. That's awesome. The other bottle, um, the angler, has a fishing fly, which is a woolly booger fly and fishing line wrapped around the top. And so you scan that QR code, it's going to show you how to make a primitive fly rod, how to make a tankara rod, how to go out there and catch fish. Whereas that's what I was doing before, for individuals that could afford to go through my courses and take the time off to go through my courses. But my passion is about getting people out there as many as I can and just imparting the knowledge onto them. Mm -hmm. And so I just found a different way to do that. And once you do that, you go out there and you celebrate with this damn good bottle of wine. And, you know, so it was through this process of going from one business, building it up, becoming successful in the military, building up a business on my own, a legitimate one, and then building up my second business, um, one that I knew nothing about. It's this process in life I'm going through and doing all these things, but making sure that no matter what, I am prioritizing my son. Mm -hmm. And that changes, I think. Like, um, as he gets older, I have to think about it differently. How old is he now? Um, I was... He's, he's five. He's not that he's still not. Well, he's going to be five in September. But. When I say that, like, you know, I always need to be present for him. I have to understand. that, Like. Even if he turns 13 years old. He's like, fuck you, dad. I don't want anything to do with you. I'm still going to be here. Yep. And like, man, and. You know, I kind of had this realization with my own dad recently, Mm -hmm. Uh, me and him, man, I just, you know, for some reason at 37 years old, I'm 38 now, but at 37, this is when I kind of had this realization. I was like, man, my dad moved away and like immediately after my parents got divorced and moved away. And I was like, it never bothered me as a kid growing up. And then I started thinking about it more. I was like, man, he did that to his other son. He kept moving. He kept moving. And I'm like, and I was angry. And I was like, why am I angry about this? And it wasn't until last week that I started realizing, I was like, I shouldn't even be mad at him. He was done being a dad. What I mean by that is, you may not agree with this, this is what I thought of last week. What I mean by that is, at 18 years old, when I go out to live my own life, and I start to build my own family, and I start to build my own set of values and morals and how I want to live my life, my little tribe, that tribe is not the same as my dad's tribe. It isn't a break off of that tribe, but it's it's what he turned me into, right? What my mother turned me into to start my own family. So if I do something that my dad doesn't approve of, that doesn't mean that, you know, he loves me any less or he should love me any less. It just means that he might not agree with it. And so my da- I look at my dad as more of a friend. Now, when I started thinking of it like that, like, it's kind of in line with what you were saying, like I want my son to view me as a friend, yeah, he, he can always come to me. you can always go to a really good friend for advice, for financial help, for love. you can always go to a good friend, but like all of the dad stuff I'm not gonna be sitting there like taking care of him, showing him all these roofs. I'll still show him things just like a friend would, but like I think it's just different when you're thirty years old, trying to treat a, a father with the same expectancy like i need you to be there for me no i don't you raised me to be on my own now i do want to spend time with you and you know i want to spend time with him i want him in my life but i don't hold him to that same standard i hold him to a standard that i hold a really good friend to and when i started thinking of it like that all these things that i was mad at him for kind of went away and when when he does something that i don't agree with i'm like ah you know i don't let it get to me like it used to yeah um and so for for Max, I started thinking, man, I don't want him growing up being, a, being pissed off at me like I wasn't my dad. And just because I'm here for him doesn't necessarily mean that that's a good thing. If I'm here for him and a bad father, then that's worse for him yeah. than being away and, you know, being a good father. So it's this constant um reality check of how am i doing things getting advice from other people hey could i be doing things better um i asked his mom the other day and i'm like you know starting to feel like i'm like hey maybe i'm too hard on him am i being too hard on him like i know i've got the military background and is it there's just this age and you know it was really comforting hearing her tell me like he's doing it to all of us right now like you know it's just it's this age and i'm like okay well maybe i'm gonna like lay off a little bit and like i don't know you know and but at the same time i'm like well i can't get him let him get away with being rude right i don't want to ever let him get away with being rude but everything on how i discipline him how i talk to him about things um it all has to be thought out because even just one situation i'm going to take a really good example that happened last week i want to teach him how to become self-sufficient right and me and Christina uh, and, and uh, Christina's daughter Kyle and Max we all went out we were at Christina's house and we took a chicken from the chicken pen and Hannah Christina's daughter is the same exact age as Max a month's different and so they're going to turn five in September and October and we're like you know what let's teach them how to butcher a chicken but it's not as simple as just going out there and taking a chicken and cutting their head off in front of them and, you know, traumatizing. It's about teaching them that it's okay to be scared. Mm -hmm. It's okay to not want to have to um, kill your chicken that you've been, you know, growing, growing with for the past year, like Hannah has, but doing it in a right, respectful manner. And so, you know, we all did that. And the three parents, we kind of sat around and came together and found a way to, get this point across him you know, that there's food chickens, there's egg chickens, and then there's friend chickens. Right. And because if I was just to take and pull that chicken out, like a man, put it on a, a, a log and chop its head off and blood goes everywhere. <laughs> Max could be traumatized by it. He'd be like, Aah! Right. And I'm like, okay, so I've got to do this to where he's not traumatized. Same thing with hunting. Same thing with everything that you bring them up into. It's a very, impressionable age of where they're at and it's a very and it's a sensitive one and uh so you know i even had max cut the chicken's head off and wow. you've got to balance like the uh because i did it with them right we put it in a little chicken chute um that they, they make these little shoots that you can put chickens into mm-hmm. just in case anybody's wondering which is super neat kyle had it i've never even seen one and the chicken's head just falls through but the chicken can't move around right so it can't flop around. It can't do anything, and it's just kind of confined there. But then it relaxes, and the head goes down. And you grab the head, and you can cut the head off. And in order to kill your chicken, the fastest, most humane way possible, right? And it was really nice for teaching Max, because one, I'm teaching him, hey, how to uh, how to take care of and clean your own food and how to do this, but like not traumatize him with blood. And blood still went all over his face, which was kind of funny. But I got the video, and I was like, And I'm looking at him. He's like, uh, kind of questioning it. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. All right. And then he was interested and I'm like, all right, we don't play with it. We don't, Mm -hmm. you know, this wasn't fun. This, we got to respect it. We got to thank the chicken. We were thanking the chicken before and we thank the chicken afterwards. And that's that kind of mindset that I want my son to grow up with. It's not that I want to raise him to be tough and, you know, go out there and chop that off the head off of a chicken. But like, I want him to go out there and, know that it's okay to take care of yourself and provide for yourself. And that just because you're killing something, I mean, what is it? The Lion King? What's that quote from the Lion King? It's like,
1: uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of it.
0: When the dad circle of life, circle circle of life, No, circle of life with eating everybody. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, that's what I grew up with whenever I was a kid, but, um, it is that, right? And so when it comes down to Max and it comes down to getting him into shooting guns, if I want, like, if he doesn't want to shoot guns when he gets older, he doesn't want to shoot guns, you know? And that doesn't mean I think any less of him. Um, that's just not as what, he, what he's into, but that's the thing. He's going to have his own his own family. He's going to live his own way. And all I can ask is that he's nice to people. He's, he's smart to himself. He takes care of himself he takes care of his family, he takes care of his friends, Um, and that he's happy. And I think that's our end goal for everybody, right, is is obviously to be happy, but money doesn't have anything to do with that. And really, uh, you need to have these struggling times. You need to have failure to be able to appreciate these, the good times. Um,
1: That's what I wanted to talk to you about so. because you said, honestly, you said you have 10 great lessons in what you just said, but I want to go back to you starting businesses, stopping businesses and reworking your life to be at a point where it makes sense for you and it's not all about the money, but you talked about how the struggle is where you really live and well, that's where you get your fire from and that's where you enjoy the time like the result of having getting the, to the end goal isn't as beautiful as the what you learn along the way and as long as you stick with it you're not going to fail but what is it because there's so many guys that come into contact with me that I work with and that are in our community who are on various journeys they might be trying to quit their 9 to 5 and start a business they might be trying to lose 100 pounds and or they might be you have a marriage on the brink of divorce but So many times we are in this cycle of starting and stopping, starting and stopping. And even me, myself, I was there. um, If you look on my profile, I've got like a before and after picture of whenever I lost weight. I I did P90X, this old beach body workout, before I got married. I got shredded. Went on my honeymoon, Sandals, Jamaica. I gained like 10 pounds in one week. Then I gained 40 pounds the next year. And it was like 10 straight years of starting and stopping, starting and stopping, and just not being able to really – commit and push through that resistance that comes when you're working towards a goal. So what is, like if you're a guy listening to this, you're like, oh man, I have effed up again today. Like I failed again. I wanted to get up early and go to the gym. I didn't do it. Or I wanted to start that business and I didn't do it. What is it that you can tap into that gets you to not be so scared of failing or not quit to push through and be consistent. Like you went three years and the most you made in the first three years of business, you said it was like $36,000. A lot, most people would have quit by then.
0: Yeah. Um, what can you tap into? Um, like what is it that keeps you going? The thing is like what you're talking about for business. It is Easier to do business, in my opinion, and to start a business and to have no money than it is to lose weight. And the reason why I say that is because I've got a client uh, for the mountain program, and his name's Nick. And we're going through this journey right now for him. So, the mountain program is a year long process, right? And the entire purpose of this year long process is four courses, four days each. And the entire purpose is to take somebody. And at the end of the course, they can move through the mountains 30 to 60 miles with a 50-pound pack on their back, engaging targets, lighting friction fires, fire, starting shelters, but truly living off the land, doing all this in four days. And they've got to show me that they're 100% proficient in all of these skill sets, from uh, how to use a carbine to how to shoot a long-range precision rifle to how to move through the mountains, how to pack your ruck, how to eat food, how to trap animals, all of the stuff but you can't do that if you're 287 pounds like he started off with. So he's been, you know, we started this program back, uh, June, June 8th. We started this. What's today's date? August, uh, the 29th, 28th. He went from 287 pounds. He was 248 pounds. Um, in that amount of time, but we, he's going through this program that is, I mean, it is is an in-depth. He's got a personal trainer. He's got me that he talks to all the time that I'm always following up. He's videoing himself. And maybe that's it right there. Accountability. Hmm. Maybe something that you can do is being accountable. And one of the really cool things, even alone, right, being accountable, is you got a camera. Take a camera and record yourself. Because you know that if you're making this journey and put that shit online immediately. Yep. Because now you're not just saying, Hey, I'm going out there. Oh, I don't have to do it today. There's people that are expecting you to go out and work out. Right. Um, whenever I sit there and say that, Hey, I'm going to go out here, I'm going to do a hundred mile ruck or sorry, hundred pound ruck. Uh, and I put that on Instagram and then I don't do it. There's a problem right there. Um, and, but I am accountable to go and do these things and I, and I want to do it for myself, but I know that, Hey, these people are also watching my journey. And for Nick, I think that's one of the big motivators for him is knowing that he's not in this alone and nobody wants to be in this alone. Nobody wants to be going and losing weight or starting a business. But if you have the understanding that you are better tomorrow than you were yesterday, no matter what, even if you didn't lose any weight, you went, you worked out, you're better and you're eating healthy. You're still better than you were the day before. Um, Weight loss is an incredibly, as you know, incredibly, incredibly difficult thing to do. Can it be done? Absolutely. Shit. My method, you know, like for Nick, for example, he's been crushing it. He's got weight goals. He has to meet. He needs to be down to 242 pounds by uh, September 28th for our program. So all I tell him, I don't tell him what his end goal is. He started off at 287 pounds. I'm hoping he doesn't watch this, but (laughs) in one year's time, My goal is to have him down to 199 pounds. He's six foot one. He actually thinks in his head I want him down to like 185 pounds, which I don't. But he's got a lot of weight to lose in essentially a short amount of time. And it can be done as long as he eats healthy and he works out. And the cool thing about people that are trying to lose weight is if you're eating unhealthy, the amount of weight that you can lose just by changing your diet up is huge. Now, and why does he want to do this? Why does he want to lose weight? When you start thinking about, you're talking about accountability and you start realizing, oh, we're losing weight for what? Because you're a 38 year old doctor. He's very, very successful. He doesn't need to lose weight. He's got all the money in the world. dude has got, dude's got his own plane. Okay. He's got money. (laughs) He's a very, very successful doctor. And what's really neat about it is he's not, what is he doing it for? He's doing it for his daughters. He's doing it for his kids. Because they're this, they're a little bit younger than Max. And whenever I pitched it to him, you need to do this. Because he's been a client of mine for a while. Well, why? And I'm like, because if you don't, there's a very good chance of heart failure at a very young age. And you're going to be missing your kid's wedding. You're going to be missing all sorts of things if you don't take care of yourself. So that, that gets into, hey, it really comes back to our kids. Because in life, the only thing that matters is once you have a kid, is your kid and setting them up for success and them setting their kids up for success. And I'm not saying you have to go out there and make a bunch of babies. That's not what I'm saying. But like, if I was to go through this world and not have any kids, then I'm going to want to influence other people in this world in a positive way. Because as you're laying on your deathbed, you got to go, well, can I make it through this life? How long can I make it through? I want to make it through as long as possible, having as positive of an impact as possible, knowing that I lived a damn good life. Um, And you can't do that if you're overweight. And so if you video yourself, you hold yourself accountable, um, put it on social media, start a YouTube, um, get a few friends to follow you, right? And that's all you need. You don't need 10,000 followers. You don't need all that. Like followers on social media don't mean shit, right? Just cause a guy has 2 million followers on social media doesn't mean he's proficient at what he does. Doesn't mean he could be absolutely. But like there's a lot of people out there that don't know how to use social media. Don't have a good following that are putting excellent content out there or they're, you know, changing people's lives for the better. Um, so yeah, that's what I would tell people like, you know, put a camera in front of their face,
1: hold yourself accountable,
0: accountability. And it's like, you can do that on your own. Um, also knowing that you're gonna, you're gonna mess up. And I told Nick that you're gonna mess up. You're gonna eat some food that you didn't want to eat. That doesn't mean it's the end of the world, but I will check up with him every single day or every other day. i am like, Hey, did you do this? Did you do that? Did you do that workout? And he's like, yep, nope, I didn't do it. Well, do it. Because now the accountability thing for the mountain program is this, if Nick doesn't get down to 242 pounds, how do I as an instructor, as part of this program, how do I make him accountable to that? You know, what I initially I wanted to do was put a $50,000 uh, deposit that he was going to put down. And if you don't lose that money, I'm going to take 10 grand out every month and put it towards you losing weight. He's got so much money that might not even work. Yeah. So what did I do? I said, Nick, you're signing this contract now. If you don't lose 242 pounds, or if you're not down to 242 by this date, and if you don't meet the weight requirements every quarter, I will come to your house. You're gonna fly me to your house. You're gonna pay me a daily rate, and I'm gonna uh, you're gonna put me up in your home, and you will wake up at 5 a.m. and you will be with me from 5 a.m. to 8 p.m. You will go to work and he works in a doctor's office. I will be you will have somewhere for me to go in your doctor's office. He's like, Yep, I got this, I got a spot for you. His wife had to sign the contract. So now I am and I will be with you for 10 days at a time every month at least a minimum of 10 days and I will make you lose that weight. And it is not going to be the nice version of me. And, um, so when he heard that and his wife heard that, that really motivated his wife to be like, listen, I don't want Mark in our house. He's cool and all, but not that cool. And it seems like he's kind of being a dick in this mountain program. Like, so like she's, she's liking the results obviously, but like that, that fear, um, that is a motivator, um, fear of failure or fear of having to make it worse than it needs to be. Um, But most importantly, like, you know, for him, he's never lost. He's, he's always been this heavy. He's never gotten down since he was in high school. um, Has he never been weighed uh, the weight that I want him to weigh? And even his personal trainer, let's be honest, like I would talk to him on the phone. He wasn't very, he didn't have the right mindset for Nick. He was already looking at like, Hey, I've been working with this guy for three years. I just, you know, it's probably not going to happen. Well, now his personal trainer's motivated. And watching that sh- that happen, amazing. Having his kids go out there, and he's riding a golf, uh, they're riding in a golf cart in front of him while he's got a ruck on his back in the very beginning and hiking, and his little girl screaming, You got this, Daddy? And she's like three. She's like, You can do this, Dad, faster, faster, faster. And he, he turns the phone around onto himself, and you just see that light in his eye of this fat chubby guy just getting really excited about this right and now look at him three months later it's only been three months and he's dropped is that 40 pounds oh no 30 pounds 40 pounds can I not do math 240 287 to two yeah 39 pounds so that's a lot of weight um but he can do it and if he doesn't get down to that weight let's say he doesn't get down 200 pounds let's not forget as long as he can hike 30 to 60 miles through the mountains shooting targets and doing everything you need to do, the end goal is to be healthy, to be able to go out there and adventure with your kid. That's what I would say, some accountability.
1: Yeah, and we have a, with what I do, is we have also have a, a men's program where we have a group coaching program where I take guys who want to lose weight or they need to get their life in order, and a big part of it is accountability. And that's, and that's why it's pretty successful is because guys are required to every single day post their wake up times, post pictures of themselves at the gym. We have marriage and fatherhood checklists they have to do for being a good husband, being a good father. They have to post their macros at the end of every single day. And if they like every single day they have to post it in our group accountability. And every single like if you don't if you miss it for a couple of days, people know you're fucking up. And that yeah. alone, plus just being surrounded by guys who want the same thing, like having those positive voices in your head are just massive. Like having being able to check in with you and saying, Hey, like lift me up, help me rise instead of voices that are tearing you down. That's huge.
0: It it is extremely huge. Like from working out to business, to everything. This is why like people pay so much money to go to mastermind courses, um, business masterminds, or they'll pay. and, And the reason why they keep doing it is because of that accountability because they're building this relationship with other entrepreneurs they're learning from them um way they do things and the workout program is the same exact way right like not only are they coming to you going hey um i have to check in with this and that's that accountability asset but they're also learning from you, different ways to do things they're building relationships they're becoming part of your tribe and so and it's They will create their own tribe in the future, obviously, uh, by, you know, working out and spreading the word and getting to the point where where you are physically, mentally. Um, That's the end goal for all of us. The end goal should be thinking of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Maybe you might start off at the bottom surviving, trying to find your food, your water, your shelter. Right. And then after you have these things, life, you're like, okay, I can start thinking about a relationship, I can start thinking about kids, I can start thinking about financial stuff, security, and I can start building myself up. But the end goal to get to the top of self-actualization is, in my opinion, is to be up at the top. And now you're helping others up. You're showing others the way. So it should never be, hey, I want to build myself up and be sitting at the top. And I just stay there. I want to be bringing others up and maslow's hierarchy of needs like you're gonna go back down you have to understand you'll go back down to the bottom You'll climb it again life is a constant journey of ups and downs and um you know when i start thinking about like nick going through this program or anybody going through your program they should be going through getting physically fit mentally tough and then taking over your role and helping more people up and uh if we're not doing that as instructors or we're not doing that as business coaches, then we're not doing it for the right reasons. Um, leaders
1: create leaders who should be <coughs> creating leaders. And it's in yeah. the same – like whenever you're, you're trying to change your life and you fail, which is going to happen, as you said. Like for me, I've got, I come into contact with guys who, you know, they'll, they'll tell me when I first meet them, hey, I'm, I'm too far gone. You know, I'm 300 pounds. I'm 5'10". You know, I have a four-year-old kid, I'm not gonna make it. It's like, no, this is, they don't even wanna begin. I said, no, man, this is your opportunity to show your kids what a massive transformation could be. Because your kids will be going through trauma, they will have their own failures, and if you fold now, then you're showing your kids, you're robbing them of their confidence and telling them that they won't be able to overcome their own failures in the future. So no, this is your massive opportunity to show your children how they can overcome a failure by watching their dad do it and live it for the most influential years of their life. And yeah, the failures are going to come, but that is, like for me, what kept me stuck, I think, was I wallowed in the failure too much. Like I let it affect my identity. My identity was the result, you know, but instead of wanting to become like your buddy Nick, like he's, it doesn't matter if he hits that goal, like now he is the guy who works out. You know, that's that's the thing he wanted to do. He just wanted to be able to get himself to the gym. He's doing the thing he wanted to be able to do. The number on the scale will come and go. But if you now are the person who can eat healthy, you are disciplined, you can get yourself to the gym, that is the – you've won. Now you just got to not stop.
0: Yeah. And this, this eating healthy thing, man, I mean like I'm bad at not eating healthy. And the older I get, the more I look at these ingredients on these boxes of things, and I, the more I realize like how the information that we're being fed is jacked. Hmm. It's just so messed up. And, and this is what I grew up thinking was right. My dad eats like trash. My mom used to. My mom was actually pretty good, pretty damn healthy and health conscious when it came to. be pretty hippie, and uh, but like uh, yes, work out all this stuff. But the older I get, I'm like eh, processed foods pretty bad for you. Everything has got all these oils in there and I'm not gonna get too crazy about it, but I'm like, wow. If I was a cutout, even being in good, great shape, being able to go out there and rock, if I was to cut these things out, how much better do I feel? Um, who knows if I'll live longer or not live longer? You get hit by a bus. You could live to be a hundred and smoke cigarettes all day. I get it. Um, but it's a matter of like having that discipline To eat what we know is right. And we work out. And I always think of it from a caveman perspective. If I'm not out there hunting, or if I can't go out there and hunt, then I'm not doing my job. And if I'm not in good physical shape, then I can't go out there and provide food for myself. Because even though starting a very successful wine business and it is growing, you will have finances, me... Having a mansion, which I don't have by any means, you can tell that, right? Me having a mansion and servants and going to the grocery store all the time is not setting myself up for success because this country and this world, we will 1,000% have something happen in the future where we can't just go to the grocery store. And it doesn't matter how much money you have, those things that you used to be able to go and just have someone else do for you it's great to have it while you can we should really love the fact we can go get fresh strawberries when we want to get them uh, fresh pineapple all these fruits you're living like a king when you start thinking of life like that you're like okay i have vegetables that i didn't even have to grow that is living like a king but you should also set yourself up for success by being physically fit to be able and have the knowledge have a place to go to provide your own food if you don't have um, If you don't have your own place already so i just have a backup plan but like living your life as caveman as you can and having the caveman in you still gives you that peace of mind of knowing that i don't sit there and prepare for the apocalypse why because i'm confident in knowing that i have the equipment that i need to at my house to go out there provide food water shelter start my own little tribe and tell the rest of the world to piss off and like i even have enough equipment and food to be able to bring people in and show them the way you know, but like, I'm never gonna sit there and spend all my money on prepping. I'm never gonna sit there and not start a business because I think that the apocalypse is gonna happen. I don't, you know, I don't. I think the word apocalypse is r- ridiculous. I don't think it'll work like that, obviously. But I want to be prepared, but I also want to be moving forward, um, you know, from a business standpoint and. With my with my children, and that's I think you know. My, my dad never had that survival mindset, right? He never had that "Hey, the world's gonna end" type of thing. He wouldn't know what to do if, like, we had to go out there and start finding our own food. Um, but if I was to only take that approach of survival, and not take the business approach, if the world doesn't end and we're sitting in a technologically advanced society, then I am also failing if, you know, uh, if I can't provide the basic things. You know, if I'm out there living like a caveman in a world that's not, in in a country that's not collapsed, then I'm not doing things right. You
1: know? Yeah, that's, and there's, I mean... If you're a, a YouTube influencer who's making millions off of showing people how to do that, then continue doing it. But if you're not, then you're, you're missing. Or there's guys who uh, you know build the pools with the sticks and the, and the jungles. Um, yeah, but if you're not, you're missing out on a lot of life. Man, you had so much wisdom. I'm going to have to listen to this one back um, so about starting a business, not quitting. Kids, we talked about. Well, I mean, I've got 100 things. I could talk to you for three hours, but we have to wrap it up. Um. so the, I knew you were a good guy to, to bring on the podcast just, just listening to you looking at your stuff I was like this, I know there's a reason he came on um, and you really shared so much thank you so much for being on um, your program sounds amazing the wine business the woodsman selection right sounds awesome yeah, yeah, I think, well, well, I'm guessing you can order it online
0: Yes, sir. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think we'll, we'll order one of those. Um, but if you, what do you want people to know about how to contact you or where to find you?
0: Man, I don't know. Uh, you can reach out on social media if you want it. Mark Ambrosio official. I, I do a pretty damn good job of getting back to everybody on there. Um, I Anywhere they reach out. I, I just, I make sure that I get back to people. That's That's one of the things like old school woodsman style, right? Like call, Perfectly fine. You can call me. I don't care. Phone number is 910-408-6586. Um If I don't answer, I'll try and text back. But like, yeah, I always get back to people. Um, email, social media depends on you know what they're looking for, what they want, and um, you know, kind of go from there. Awesome.
1: Thank you so much, Mark. Yeah,
0: thanks for no thanks for having me on, man.